This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Joe Zimmerman. He's a funny, smart comic who I've worked with, and uh, he's interesting, fun to talk to, all that stuff. I have some uh, upcoming shows. I'm just going to do the cities. You can look them up on ToddBerry.com. But I think going, doing just the cities is intriguing and takes less time. Although with this explanation, it's now longer than if I just named the dates also. Wanta, Holmdel, New York, Tempe, Tucson, Missoula, Boise, Ogden, Spokane, Seattle, Bellingham, Oakland, Sacramento, Reno, Jersey City, and Austin. ToddBerry.com. Click on Shows. You'll find all the information you need. Where they're at, ticket links, everything you could possibly need. My special slash documentary, Todd Barry, The Crowdwork Tour, is now on Netflix. You can check that out. And you can also, if you want to own it, you can still get it at lewisck.net or .com. Your choice on that. And follow me at Todd Barry. Follow Feral Audio, who bring you this podcast and other podcasts. And now here is Joe Zimmerman. All right, Joe Zimmerman. Hey, Todd Barry. What's going on, man? I'm just hanging out. Happy to be here. Are you? Thrilled to be here. Why are you thrilled to be here? I'm thrilled to be here with my hero. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. That's the way you start out, man. <laughs> I took a chance by asking you why you were thrilled to be here, but that paid off big time. Yeah, I know how to, I know how to answer the hard questions. Big time. What uh, what'd you do today so far? So far, I have been working on my little short story comedy pieces. I met with the the lit agent. Really? And he said send him ten pieces. So I've been ten. Ten. That yeah. seems weird. We, I'm not like a, I'm not like a celebrity, so they need to see about a hundred pages. No, I, I'm not saying. I know you're not a celebrity, <laughs> and I know I am a celebrity. So if that's what you were getting at, I guess I shouldn't say what doesn't need to be spoken. Right, exactly. That's a, as a writer, you should know that. As right. But it seems like I would want. I would feel like why don't you show me two? So, what are you gonna like? If he hates the first eight of them, right? You know, I'm I'm gonna read two more of these. Like I've read eight of these and didn't like them. That's it. That's what I mean. Yeah, I was or even one. I was thinking he would say send me three pieces, and then if he liked them, he would say send me more. But he was like, yeah, send ten pieces. About a hundred pages is what we need to pitch a pitch <laughs> two hundred page book to pitch a two hundred page book. Well, the good news is if you do those ten, you're ha- you know you're like halfway done with the book. I should say I had already written. 10, 10 when I met with him. Uh-huh. So I was like, yeah, I've written about 10. And he was oh, like, okay. yeah, just send me all 10. Huh. So I kind of set myself He's up. He's a real lit agent? 
Yeah, he, he's 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 the dude that does um, that book, Man Seeking Woman. That's really funny by Simon Rich. Okay. So and he did uh, Mark Maron's book, Dimitri Martin's book. Oh, I think I know who this is. So he's a, he seemed like a cool dude, and I'm just yeah, I I think I know who this is. Yeah, I'm, he is a cool dude. Now I'm uh, grinding through the short stories. The um, how'd you hook up with him? Chanel. Oh, up. your manager. Okay, yeah. this is gonna get inside and boring. Now, <laughs> so are these in the? Are all these stories? Are they? Would they be humor stories? Or are they just stories that happen to be funny? Is there? Yeah, I'm a right, dark I'm edge to them. Working on fictional short stories. Um, a lot of them involve. I've, I, there is a theme. Several of them involve a fictional breakup. Um, I did a. I actually read through Todd Berry's Reddit AMA because <laughs> yeah, that's that has inspired a lot of short stories. Because I wanted to do a Reddit AMA as answered by God. Oh. So I did God doing a Reddit AMA, and I went to your Reddit AMA for some inspiration. Mine is the, it's the one. If you're going to look for inspiration, my <laughs> Reddit AMA. Did you like the part where the guy said, worst Reddit AMA? AMA. <laughs> this guy said, like, mine was the worst, you know, with the period between each other. Worst, uh, what do they call it? AMA, AMA ever. It's like, yeah. really? The worst one ever? <laughs> wow. That's almost cool. Seems like hyperbole. Well, I feel like there's a lot of them, and to be the absolute worst is, is kind of cool. So you've written about 10? I've written about 10. Yeah, I'm just polishing them up, trying to make them good. And uh, that's what I did this morning. The other thing I did this morning was I I was like, I need to up my Twitter game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, every, every about once a month, I'll be like, I need to step up my Twitter game. You can write a short story. You can write a tweet. I'm like, if I'm going to be a writer, i got to write a tweet. You know what I mean? But you also, you, you know, you, you cultivate a little more of a following if you get some of those... Right, and then when the book comes sell out, more you sell books. like at least a million, two million copies. Right. So tell me about upping your Twitter game. Well, so I went to Buzz. I went to I I I googled. I was like, why haven't I thought of this? I googled best tweets of all time, awesome. <laughs> and it brought up BuzzFeed's top eighty-five tweets. And I was and I was sitting there and I was giggling at them and I was like, okay, maybe there's there are some. I've good never, tw- I've never looked that up. I hadn't either. And how I, many are? They mine around there. Buzz, I, I probably, I feel like maybe half of them were Todd Berry's. <laughs> so like 40, about 42 of them. Were yours, yeah. So that inspired you? Well, I was like, okay, there are some funny tweets out there that make me laugh. Yeah. That LOL a little bit. Because mostly you retweet and you get down on life, you know what I mean? You read other tweets and you get kind of down on life. Yeah. And you're like, these aren't funny and worth reading. But uh, I, I read them, they were funny, and I was like, all right. I can see this can this can be done. So what did did you fire one off? I fired off uh that inspired me to fire off a couple, yeah. How'd they do? I haven't looked at the results yet. I just do, fired them off on the train on, want, on the way. Do you here. want me to look right now? I'm gonna look right now. Oh, no. This is exciting. <laughs> I'm gonna say three, I don't always have the computer. I'm gonna say three. I'm a weak Twitter guy. I don't have a big follower, so I'm gonna say three fave stars and like one retweet. Let's look at this. This is exciting. This is you're you're catching me at the beginning, Todd. This is you, right? Okay. You're catching me at the beginning. That's uh, true. Is, do you want me to not reveal this? No, you can do it. The last two were my inspired tweets. Which one do you like the best? I know, I have no idea which one was the better one. Um, I'll tell you the one that's. This is that's the one trending. that's getting the, the most, one that's trending. The one that's got the Twitter. most traction. <laughs> was but seriously though, if Trump is elected, he will start all of the wars, and most of us will perish. Why is that in parentheses? Uh, because I feel like there's a lot of joking about Trump being president. Oh, and but and you're sort of going, and I'm like, but seriously, in parentheses, if, if it happened, if it did happen, okay, I like that. 
Yeah. Well, that's got a couple of retweets and uh, six faves. Nice. I mean, that'd be a terrible result for me, but right. for a, a new guy. Yeah, for for a noob. I mean, <laughs> s- what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not what's the proportionally. Proportionally, right? Considering the incredible low number. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm insulting <laughs> you too much, but I'm joking. Um, what have you been up to this morning? Whoa, whose podcast is this? Oh, I didn't know. Um, I'm not well, I woke ask, up. I'm not I woke up. You know, I woke up earlier than I wanted to. Mm-hmm. If I have like two things scheduled, uh, it I go, oh, oh my god. It, you know, and then it, even if they last, like, I have to call that radio station for four minutes. Oh my god, I gotta. I just get. I feel oh, pressure. Radio, yeah. But then well, if I have zero things scheduled, I also feel pressure. What do you think of that? Just feel pressure regardless. Then I went, uh, I got an iced coffee, and uh, I sat for a couple of minutes, and I haven't really, this is the first really productive thing I've done. Great. I mean, yeah, it's it's what, one o'clock? You're not supposed to do too much before one. <laughs> I know, there's been, most people have been at work for four hours now, but <laughs> hey, we live different lives. I'll be working when they're home eating dinner. Do you ever wake up and do you feel you feel good about the day? You know, I was thinking I never, I don't think I ever have good dreams. <laughs> okay. I know that's not sort of related to what you're saying, but uh-huh. like I never, all my dreams are bad. Like they're not like monsters or people don't, but I've never had, well, that was a sweet dream I had. Yeah. Like never, I mean, some of them are less upsetting than others, but it's never, it's always stress-filled dreams. Oh, okay. But what was your question? But, oh, yeah. I mean, you said you woke up stressed regardless of what you had to do. So yeah. I'm just curious if you ever woke up feeling good. Yeah, I wake up, yeah, if I, uh. You know it feels good. Well, if you do sleep well, or if you uh, if you just wake up, maybe and you look at the clock and it's like eight a.m. and mm-hmm. you know you got nothing to do, sure, and you kind of just float on a cloud, and three hours later you're up. <laughs> that feels nice, right? Yeah. You wake up early, don't don't you? I do. I read. I used to sleep in. I read this study that seven hours is optimal. Yeah, I've heard. I read that as well. So I've been I've been trying the seven, and I feel better throughout the day you mean that's more than you used to get it's less than i used to get i used to sleep eight to nine and feel groggy oh see i i heard that like seven is the minimum that's what it used to think but the new study is saying eight is too much but i feel like really i feel like i read the latest study well and let's be honest neither of us read the whole study sure we glanced at a exactly that cnn headline the study was based on only on lifespan that is people who sleep eight hours are more likely to die young than people who sleep seven hours. Really? And it goes proportionally away from seven. So six is just as unhealthy as eight as far as lifespan. Every every two days there's a new, like, study. Like, there's one I saw the other day, which was good news for me, which is how, like, spicy food... Mm I don't something Boost testosterone. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, That's uh, the one I read. Oh, really? Yeah. Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go get some Szechuan food, <laughs> ladies. But the um, it just makes you live longer, which is I, like, oh. who, who cares about living longer? But probably live longer because boosts your testosterone. <laughs> all right, you're pushing that hard, man. man. No, I'm I'm all about living longer unless. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you never know if it's correlation, though. Like, are people living longer who like spicy food, or is the spicy food making them live longer? And also, everything that everything is... Uh... Oh, that's interesting. Mm. You think it just might be like people who live longer also love spicy food, coincidentally? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might, be, that might not be your best example of uh, finding a flaw in a study. Right. But... 
I do like spicy food. There you go. I had a couple little stomach scares where I was like, oh, man. I just imagined, like, my, I got a little stomach thing after I ate a bunch of it. And I was like, oh, I just imagined the doctor said, you can never eat spicy food again. But then it went away, and I'm fine again. Oh, good. That's a great news. I should end the podcast right there. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> so, I know you're a Thai food guy. What did you say you did today? Did you tell me? So I grinded on the short stories. Oh, yeah. And then I took a little break from stories and had a little fun with the tweets. And then... Uh, Caught the train. I caught the caught the train here. Really? Caught the train on in. Where, where do you live? You live in Queens, right? I live in Astoria, Queens. Oh my god, that's so far. Yeah. Except that you're so close to LaGuardia Airport, right? It's a it's an eight minute cab to LaGuardia. So we're looking at what, like a twelve dollar cab ride. Twelve dollars. Oh my god. Yeah. Three dollar tip. That's good. That's solid, ladies. I don't know. I keep referring to <laughs> directing things at la- ladies. If you like a guy who tips, that's a Thirty-three percent tip. Well, Is yeah, that right. That's or twenty-five percent right. tip. I mean, I feel like if you buy a coffee that costs a dollar, two dollars, you tip a dollar, and that's yeah, that's yeah. a fifty percent. No, no, tip. that's about what I would tip a cab driver. Too. Yeah, we're um, good people. Yeah, you throw them more a dollar more than everyone else, and you're a hero. Right, and they they immediately forget about you. They they probably go, hey, "That guy's a hero." <laughs> that was my cab driver impression. That guy's a hero. <laughs> When's the last? So we just finished a, a little tour together. We did that. Yeah, we did a, to, a big New Jersey tour. <laughs> I'm the only guy, maybe. That's not true. But I did a, a New Jersey tour, Asbury Park and New Brunswick. And we stayed over in Asbury Park. What did we do that night? Do you remember? I do. We, we, talk, we mingled for about a half hour after the show, just with random whoever was there. And then, then, and then the there was the taping incident. We'll call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Video yeah. incident. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. And then we went to that awesome Korean type place. They had Korean bulgogi barbecue type. Oh yeah, food. we got some food at the Korean taco place. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Now it doesn't doesn't make for the most exciting story. So, you know, I'm writing a book about my tour, and I don't know. I'm going to have to just say that we got a brawl at that place or something. Yeah, I'm trying to think from that tour what you could write about. Oh, I, I know one thing I'm writing about. It's how I threw you out of my dressing room. Oh. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, sp- I'm making that sound way worse. I'm making it sound worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm making it sound the way I want people to interpret it. Oh. Just like I fucking, get the fuck out. Sure. But I have this thing where <laughs> where I, I, and I, I don't usually act on it, but it's like dressing rooms are so small. That was a small, one. small, and I just uh, I can't. I don't like to. I don't like to be in a room where someone else is eating. Yeah, if it's a really small room. And this time, I just what? How did I phrase it? Um, I think I was nice. Well, first about of it. all, it didn't bother me. I, uh, no, you I didn't respected seem it. For a second, I thought you were bothered, but then I said, "Oh, he's he's all right." He go. You go. Um, what'd you say? You said I can't eat in a small room together. So. <laughs> One of us is going to need to... Oh, really? One of us... Which one of us is going to go out in the main room? Right. And I prefer to eat in the main room... So I did you a favor. ...with more space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I can't I, go in the main room because I'm the, the headliner and I'll get fucking mobbed while I'm trying to sure. eat chicken fingers. Yeah. Oh, I love chicken fingers. I think that's what I got that night. Mm-hmm. Probably is. Did you... Uh, and then we did New Brunswick, which was also fun. Yeah. We didn't go out after. We bolted home after that, right? We drove home. It was like two and a half hours home for 30 miles. 
Why is that? Was there? Oh, we hit big. Tra- oh, I guess we hit traffic. Traffic. We hit gas station traffic. Oh, that's right. And then Holland Tunnel. Yeah, traffic. we had that sort of that thing you, that shocked your system every time you get in New Jersey. We're like, oh, you can't in New Jersey. You can't pump your own gas. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of how many states where you can do that? two. Two. New Jersey and Portland. Oh, just Portland, Oregon. Sorry, Oregon, New Jersey, and Oregon. Okay. <laughs> It'd be funny. It was New <laughs> all of New Jersey and Portland, but that also more that's kind of believable. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. That's you. Was there an explanation for that, or there must be somewhere for the line? No, no, for why you can't. Pump oh, your own gas. I looked it up because I like forty eight states have figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> I looked it up because I was mad about it, and it's some old law. In the 70s, every, but basically everywhere you had to pump gas, get your gas pump, because they were worried about the dangers of gasoline spilling. Uh-huh. But now that it's safe, just New Jersey and Oregon never did away with that law, and there's no reason. They have no reason. It makes me annoyed. I guess it's nice getting your window washed a little bit. Is the gas more expensive? You're, you're supposed to tip a dollar. Yeah. So that's a little more expensive. No, and that's... that's- and you can't just hop out of your car and pump gas. Sometimes you have to. You got to sit there and wait for a few minutes yeah. for the guy to come around. These are big. This is the problems that people face when they're on the road, like me and and, and Joe. Yeah, it's, it's rough stuff. Now I met you. You did you you booked me in North Carolina, right? Yeah, Charlotte, North you Carolina. You contacted me. I did. And I, I guess I did. I book that myself, or I don't know. It doesn't uh, yeah, matter. email. But it was, was it the wine bar one? Mm-hmm. Wine bar. It was called. Was it Wine Up or something? Wine Up, yeah. yeah. I, I used to have, a, eight years ago, I had a weekly, basically a weekly local show there. And I and I booked two bigger acts, you and Doug Stanhope. That's right. Yeah. But I remember, like, for some, it was like a midweek show, if I recall. Wednesday. Wednesday. And for some reason, it was one of those things where you're like, oh, man, a wine bar. I'm going to. Better do two shows on a Wednesday. And there was no reason to do it. The second show had, like, 12 people in it. Oh, really? I yeah, it was not crowded. Oh. For me, being, you know, one and a half year into comedy, I loved it. Well, yeah, you're just still, you were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I was sure. like, why am I doing two shows on a Wednesday? <laughs> I was like, yes. At a wine bar in North Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> it's also a wine bar, incidentally, that I remember served Jello shots. Oh. Which is, uh, which amused me. But I think they were, if I remember, there were nice people who worked there and everything. The, the wine bar? Yeah, weren't they cool? I don't yeah, know. Uh, they weren't cool to me. <laughs> oh, really? All right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Awkward. Anyway. No, that's all right. But they must have been impressed that you brought in big guns. Like I remember that thing. night. I was like, I, th- I remember that night. You were like, actually, that night was an example of how they were not nice to me. Um, I've This just came back. You were like, so where are we? Ha- you're doing crowd work. You're like, so where are we hanging out after this? And And somebody was like, and you were like, what are the cool bars around here? And somebody was like, you know, Solstice, another person was like, Bank. and you were literally like, yeah, we're, we're all going to Solstice after, and you were oh. making some jokes about Solstice. Right. So I go on us afterwards, and I was like, yeah, uh, so we'll see y'all at Solstice after, just jokingly, right? calling back to you. Yeah. And also, like, I wanted to hang out. Yeah. And so that was a classic example of just how dare you advertise another business in our room, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? We're doing a comedy show." Yeah, and I was referring around. to it. No joke. one's, yeah, no one's gonna run over to the other place. So I have no problem with saying that they were mean to me because they okay. were mean to me. Well, they were nice to me. I'm going on record. I don't remember any problems. <laughs> that's because I paid you and handled everything. Yeah, you did. You did. You well, that's the way it's supposed to work. I'm supposed to be shielded. Shielded from 
all the potential trouble. Exactly. How long did you start comedy in North Carolina? I did. I started in Charlotte, North Carolina, right after going to Davidson College, and then I moved to Asheville a couple years later. Charlotte, I can't. I've been there a couple of times. I can't get a read. I feel like it's. Is there a? I guess there is that. Was that Loda, Hoda, Moda? No, does Noda. Cool. Cool. Noda got it. That's like your your the arts district. It right? is the arts district, but it yeah. did seem like very much like uh, maybe sort of like a Hartford, Connecticut vibe, like lots of slick glass buildings. Yes, you nailed it. It's a fam. It's they call it a family oriented town, which is kind of is that code. It's a, it's a little well, it's just a little boring. Yeah, it doesn't have it's code for boring. It's a bank town, so that's it doesn't quite have like that cultural heart backbone that older cities have what was um but it's a good it's a nice town and it's growing quickly it's a nice city yeah yeah i'll go back there have you done that charlotte uh comedy zone yeah i did it i've never done that i did a tuesday recently a headline and it was awesome and then i opened for bamford a year and a half ago and it was great oh cool tuesday or wednesday it's a good room yeah nice room maybe i'll do one show there sell it out add a second show sell that out Perfect or, for a Tuesday. Or sell one show, and they don't, they're like, we don't need to do the second show. It holds about 350 Oh, really? 400. That's so weird that these clubs on the road, like like most New York City, like the Comedy Cellar holds like maybe at 180. Yeah. And, but the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, there's also more comedy clubs in New York, but it's so funny how big they are. They, yeah, I, I, from what I understand, like 400 or so is optimal for a comedy club because that allows them to occasionally bring in a big celebrity. Who really? Where'd you hear that? I've never heard that. I've just heard that like s- big celebrities won't do smaller than a certain number. But yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> well, you're a cool hip. You handed you're me a cool that, hip. You handed one. that one to me. That was really nicely handed to me on a platter. So you started. What? Where was the first place you went on stage? A uh, little, uh, little coffee shop, internet cafe called SK Net Cafe, and they they have a they had a Wednesday open mic. I'm sorry, a Tuesday open mic. It was every two weeks. There was one open mic every two weeks in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I <sighs> so I did one open mic every two weeks for my first six months of doing. Comedy. When was when did you start? Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Okay, that's a good number. Ten. Yeah. So, so that's how often you could get on. There was no comedy club that had opened mic night. No, the the comedy club was just the main room in Charlotte, and they didn't have an open mic at the time. That see, that seems like it'd be a perfect thing for that club to have that. But yeah, now especially if there was such a uh, what's the word I'm looking for is dearth. Is that the right word (laughs) of opening mic nights? Yeah, they just didn't. They didn't. They they didn't want they, their opinion was if the comedy is not going to be we don't want to put up bad comedy oh, okay. at our club because then it'll just give people the impression that we put up bad comedy. Well, that's why they don't book me there. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure they would love to have you there, Tom. I might check it out. Three fifty though. I would say about three fifty, but it, it but it's one of those rooms that can, it, look, it can be intimate too. Yeah, I know three fifty is not that. Yeah, I've you've done I've it. played Madison Square Garden. Sure. Let's just uh, keep reiterating that. The um, have you though? I did. I did it with uh, Louis. I opened for. Oh, Louis. that's awesome. I didn't. I didn't headline it myself. 
I bought tickets for the Louis show, but it was snowed out. The one I bought was Oh, really? Snowed out. Then yeah. he could have actually had that one. Like, the weather turned out to be not that yeah. bad, but... So he only had to, he only got to do three sold out Madison Square Garden. So you so you did what like twenty fifteen? I did fifteen uh, for like twenty thousand people for fourteen thousand people. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. I have it. I have it on. I have it recorded. I've never listened to it. I sh- I don't know why I haven't listened to it, but we could listen to it now. But you're playing with Brian Regan. You got you're doing Red Rocks. Doing Red Rocks, which I've heard is big. I've heard it's big. Yeah. Have you looked at pictures of it? I have not. No? But I just keep hearing it's amazing and that he does an enormous amount of tickets in Denver at Red Rocks. Yeah, that place so. is like one of I mean, there's that, what was that Sunday Bloody Sunday video? The first time I opened for Brian Regan was maybe a year and a half ago, and it was 1,500 people, and that was about 900 more people. Look at that place. Oh, wow. It, Everyone at home, look it up, because we're looking at it. That is amazing. It's a steep, beautiful place. On God, I'd love to do that place. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. Yeah, the first time, first time I opened for him was about a year and a half ago, and it was maybe 1,500 people, and it was the biggest crowd I'd ever done by about 900 people. And then every show since then, it seems like it just gets bigger crowds for him. It's like yeah, 2,000, I mean, 3,000, 6,000. I think Red Rocks is like 12,000. I think it says, it looks like it says 9,500. 9,500, okay. S- small place. Small, yeah. No, but that, that's uh, that's great, man. Yeah. So well, that'll be the biggest play- crowd you've ever played to. Yeah, the biggest up to this point was for Brian Regan, New Year's Eve at Phoenix Comerica, which was 6,000. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that was the one where he had a bunch of, like, my friend Tom Ryan was Yeah, I got to meet Tom Ryan. Yeah, he's a good dude. Great dude. So the, um, are you excited? Very excited. Now, uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you're going to, well, you're always, pre- you're, you have a pretty tight set, right? You don't, you're not a fly off the handle guy. For, for, for a crowd that big, I try to tighten it up, be squeaky clean. For Ryan. Does he ask you to be clean? Well, there's kids in the crowd, so he doesn't say, like, hey, I need you to be clean, but he's like, but but it's kind of implied. There's kids in the crowd. You want to be clean. He doesn't say. He doesn't say yeah, that when you're opening for someone. You don't. He doesn't if, have to say that for me. If to, he's the headline, if you're headlining and there's kids in the crowd, it's like you shouldn't have brought kids into the crowd. That's my take <laughs> on that. Oh, gonna, oh, you know but, what I mean. I don't think you should adapt your act for someone who made a, a bad choice to bring kids to a comedy club. But but he's I know got it's different. It's an amphitheater. No, yeah. it's you're, It's a whole totally different thing. But it's right. different for him because he. I guess he's cool with that. He likes having kids come out because he's very kid friendly. Yeah, I mean that is. I mean that's why I'm. I mean he's hilarious, but he's also like everyone like yeah can like him. Like it's you, one could, of, you could be you know religious Mormons, yeah. hipsters. It's very rare to hit. Like old religious Mormons and young Brooklyn hipsters, yeah, at, with the same joke, yeah, every joke. No, he's funny. He's one of those guys you hear people quoting him. I, I've walked like down the street and they're overheard people quoting his jokes. Yeah, oh, that'll happen to me someday. <laughs> Do you? Um, so are you doing? Are you doing a few other shows around that? Uh, just Cedar Rapids, Iowa, on September third, and then Denver, September fifth. So I'm going to try to schedule. See if I can schedule some more stuff out west while I'm there. I didn't mean to muscle in your plugs this early in the show, but that's more. <laughs> right now, it's just that one trip. So I might go to L.A., though. When fun. you did the 6,000-seater, were you nervous? Or how nervous were you? Don't say you weren't nervous. Um, I hate when people say, I never get nervous. 
Yeah, you do. <laughs> I would say I got, I got, if I get nerve, I, I, you're going to hate me then because I oh. don't, when I'm with other comics and it's yeah. like a really fun backstage yeah. vibe. Yeah. And like you're just, and Brian Regan's like making you laugh backstage. Yeah, yeah. You go on and you're just happy to be there. Oh, I'm not saying you're not happy. I'm just saying, are you a little nervous? So I'm happy to be there. I go on. And I would say the rush of 6,000 people, like that big of a laugh, like kind of jarred me to the point that might have made me nervous. The jarring amount of people there. Yeah. I love that you think all 6,000 people laughed at your show. <laughs> Every if, one of them. My first joke hit so hard that I felt the you vibration. Know, if if 2,500 of them were laughing, you would be like, oh, this, is, this is fun. Well, yeah. Whatever the laugh was, it was jarringly. It was twenty five hundred, and I was most. and I was thankful, <laughs> and I was thankful that that it that any of the, any that any percentage of them were laughing. All right, I'll accept that answer. I'll accept. How long do you do for in front of him? Like fifteen? So normal show twenty. Twenty. Yeah, because it's just me and it's just he has just you normally just the one opener. Uh huh. So you do twenty, and then he does. Um, I think he does fifty. 55 minutes and then he and then obviously if the crowd if the crowd likes it's always an encore with him right yeah and then they uh, they bring him back to any and they classics, and they request right? they request his classics that's such a weird phenomenon because there's not a lot of not a lot of comics have that where they yeah and the craziest thing getting to see so many shows is that he has i now realize he has hours of classics yeah that's the craziest yeah. thing <clears throat> i watched his special on um on youtube one of his was it I walked on the moon, uh -huh. and it was hilarious. But there was a bunch of, sh of stuff that I didn't see on there. Right. <clears throat> but hey, enough about Brian Regan. He doesn't need the publicity. <laughs> Let's talk more about the. Uh, you went on like a writing retreat, right? I did. I went. Uh, I did the breakup. Oh, we, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I did the breakup, that. and I was like, um, you know what? I've, I've all, for for possibly a decade now, I've yearned to just not have a cell phone or a computer for a week to really? do that complete detox. I can't, I couldn't do that, but go ahead. Cause I f you feel the addiction, you know, you yeah, feel yeah, the yeah, addiction. Too. Just be nice to do a complete detox and see how it feels. So I went to Asheville and unplugged everything and just to see what would happen. And I ended up writing all these little short stories. I wasn't planning to see, I remember talking to you about this, but I don't remember that you had unplugged the whole time. So, I decided that my only little compromise was I, between th around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I turned on my phone and email just to make sure there were no emergencies. Well, that's, I mean, that's smart. That's the thing I always think when people are like, I'm going to go off, off the grid for a week. It's like, well, what if, A, there's an emergency? Yeah. Or more importantly, what if there's like a gig that comes in? Right. More so importantly. <laughs> so, <coughs> exactly. So I did... From three to four o'clock, I plugged in, and that was all I needed. Wow! And you stuck to that? Yeah. For a week? Yeah. That's that's pretty impressive. It was great. I felt great. I felt refreshed. Because yeah. I I downloaded this app. I think it's called Freedom. Did I, I told you about? You that. did tell me. Yeah. And I used the trial for a while, where it it knocked. You could say, "Take me off the internet for forty five minutes." And it, I think it's mainly for writers, or it's yeah. quite often used by writers. And I found myself going, "All right, I'll do this," and then I kind of found. Oh well, there is a thing where you can you can see the countdown. <laughs> just click on so it. You click on the countdown. You could also shut it off. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not court ordered or anything. So you're just looking at the countdown. You're kind of like, oh, this is not really much better than as well. But 
Well, know. to me, that sounds like the same as just turning your airport off on your computer. It is. It, I mean, I guess it is. Maybe if they make it more fun because okay. it's like an app. Freedom. Then yeah. you, uh, you might use it more. Sure. So you use it a few times. I might I might go ahead and buy it. I, my free trial ran out. If they're listening, I do not want to spend $10. So uh, <laughs> let's get me a code. And the deluxe version, if there is one. Uh, so you worked, what time did you wake up when you were in Nashville? You got an Airbnb, right? My friend. Oh, my, your friend. I have a friend who had dogs, and I said, hey, if you ever want to take a vacation, I'll come take a vacation and take care of your dogs. So he said, we're going on vacation this week, and I came down that week. Holy shit. Worked out perfectly. That this worked out perfectly. Yeah. How are the dogs? They're kind of um, high-maintenance poodles, but... <laughs> How many poodles is that? There's two very high maintenance poodles. Aren't uh, poodles kind of a, a rambunctious little dog? They are. They, they were they were standard poodles, which means they're big, and they were kind of they're kind of quick to scare. Uh huh. So they kind of just like stand in the corner, like eyeing me out of the side of their eye, uh-huh. and then I feed them, and they 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 wait for me to leave the area. They're just kind of scaredy cat dogs. Really? But I fed some tree frogs, two dogs, five finches, some goldfish, and a toucan. We're going to back up because the tree frogs. Yeah. They had tree frogs as pets? They had three tree frogs. Yeah. Tree frogs. They're kind of cute, actually. Oh, tree frogs are cute. And anytime you turn the TV on, (laughs) this was interesting, they respond to the tv like it's another one of their own oh really so they start getting real loud right in your ear when you're trying to watch the television <laughs> what do you mean they get what are, are they running wild in the house they're in a they're just in a big giant terrarium fish tank type thing i've never met anyone who has tree frogs as pets they're cool what's going on out in my hallway there don't they know there's a serious podcast being recorded right sign up. it's like those tree frogs <laughs> So, what do you feed a tree frog? Uh, uh, tiny crickets. I had to go to the pet store, and they gave me some crickets in oh, a bag. This a bag. is this is sounding less and less like a good deal as you spend. Yeah, it's like hey, <laughs> so <laughs> you check into a uh, Holiday Inn, you're not going cricket shopping. <laughs> <laughs> no. go cricket, my cricket shop, live crickets. I did have to. I did have to buy live crickets. Yeah. Where do you? They sell live crickets at the pet store. Yeah. They sell tiny, they sell, you can get, they say, what kind of crickets you want? And you have to say big or small. And you said, I don't know, I mean, it's for a tree frog. How big's a tree frog? <laughs> four inches? Oh, yeah. Well, you might want to start small. And they, can, they can have a couple if, they, if they're not enough. I didn't know, I've never known that you could buy crickets at a pet store. Yeah. And I've never known anyone who has a tree frog as a, as a pet. The, um... So did you, like, take them out of the little cage and, like, let them sit on your lap? The ki- Their kids do that, but I didn't want to risk any tree frogs escaping while I was watching. Like, I felt, the, the you know, I felt enough anxiety. Right. Of, like, if any of these pets die, that's on me. So I just yeah. kept, I kept them at a very safe in-the-tank distance. Did you, did you, what are the names of the tree frogs? One of them is Kermit, and that's the only one I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm going to assume a kid named that, right? Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah. then that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. They got some nice kids. It's a little uh, it's a little on the nose, though. 
So I would say I I read a book at night, went to bed at midnight, woke up at seven, seven hours, hit the high five coffee shop. Beautiful, beautiful life. Yeah, I've been in a high five coffee shop. Yeah, but you're more of an Izzy's. I you know I like both of them. Sure. I don't want to pick play favorites. I would go to both of them. I think Izzy's was a little closer, so that's why that always wins. The um, I was just going to ask you. So you. Did you go? Okay. Did you go out at night? Did you ever like go sit in the bar? One night, or a uh, restaurant. I have friends there in a band called Stephanie Zid, and one night they did a show at, on the lawn of UNC Asheville, and then they invited me over to their house for the after gathering, and that was fun. We had some some alcohol, and I hung with a band one night. Does that make you feel cool or something? That made me feel a little cool. <laughs> But did you ever, so when you went to the coffee shop, did you write at the coffee shop? Yeah, I, I didn't have any plans, but I ended up just writing all these little fictional short stories at the coffee shop. Now, do you go right into your laptop, or do you like write, handwrite some notes and then? Oh, I like to do, oh, I go, I like the, the, the handwrite. Yeah? The laptop. The handwriting's so sloppy. Cause I, was, I think it's gotten worse. Yeah, but it feels better to write on a page, doesn't it? I think it feels better to read stuff on a page. Like, I'm, I'm writing a little book right now. It's going to be... It's gonna be great. No, it's, it's gonna be awesome. And uh, it always feels better. Like when I read it, and then you get the red pen out, then you're yeah. like, "Oh, this is much easier to see what's going on here." Oh, and I've been following some happiness habits in the morning, Todd. Happiness? I if you do the movie. <laughs> if you uh, if you I read uh, if you do three things you're thankful for within the last 24 hours it sounds cheesy, but I've been doing three things I'm thankful for in the last 24 hours, and uh, and that's been part of my morning routine. So you wake up. And you go, what are three things I'm thankful for? And I'm like, do you have repeats? Like, or does that have to be three? So new like ones tomorrow every- morning, I'm like, wow, it was so much fun doing Todd Barry's podcast. Yeah. Too bad he's not, he's not, it's not going to be aired anytime. Um, I'm, I won't even mention that part in my thank yous to myself. So you do three. So the, oh, is that part of it too? Thank yous? Uh, things I'm thankful for. And then the, that's the main happiness habit for the, for writing in the morning. Three things in the last 24 hours. And it's surprisingly easy to think of three things. That's actually it sounds like a good thing because it gets you off. I mean, it does sound cheesy, but it also sounds like uh, yeah, it gets you off on a positive note instead of like yeah, oh, I got all the shit to do today. Because you wake up feeling groggy and like all oh, my days are a blur, and then you realize oh, th- some some good things happened yesterday. Can you tell me your thank yous today? Thank yous or your today. what you were thankful? Sure, yeah, uh, unless it's personal. Last night did a taping for Rooftop Comedy at Littlefield with. Uh, Basically, Jim Two's three friends, three comedian friends, uh-huh. and we caught up a lot, had a good time. Okay. So I was thankful for the fun show and the catching up with friends. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's that's a nice, a nice simple pleasure. Uh, what what else was there yesterday? Um, I'm trying to go back through the day. You're killing my podcast. Sorry, I, I'm spacing out on the rest of the day. It's it's really easy when I'm writing. Oh, you write them down? Yeah, I write them down. Oh my god! So you're you're read you're writ. Do you have like a little pad notebook next to your bed or something? Uh, yeah, just a, one of those little CVS cheap notebooks. I have hey, like, don't don't we don't do brand names? Here. I have like 500 of them on a shelf. <laughs> They're uh, full. Yeah, I have up. like I have like I have notebooks that I haven't even found yet that are that are empty so it's I guess there's no rush to find them but I got a few free ones and I was like oh I should walk around. it always feels like you're a cool dude walking around with like hey I got my little notebook I'm a writer 
Yeah. And I don't I'm too I need ADD medication. You, you I imagine you don't write your jokes down. I imagine you just I'm have a, them in your head. I'm a genius. I just loose cannon. Sure. I write I write notes. Okay. Like keywords and stuff like that. I've been a if I have a joke I like, I'll put it into Google Doc and then I can then and then I never lose them. They're just in Google Docs forever. Yeah, I use uh, Evernote, similar situation. Okay. But you're smart. Now, let me ask you this. If you, let's say the writing takes off, mm-hmm. it's a dumb question, but no such if thing. If you chose, if you had to, if someone said, this, this is a really dumb question. But, <laughs> no. Well, it's just pointless. It's a pointless question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What I'm asking you is if you had to choose between being a successful, best selling author or a comic of the same uh, success. So like I'm selling, so I'm like selling out theaters. Selling out theaters or two thousand books. <laughs> two thousand books. Because <laughs> I just no one buys books. Let's be real. Um, I would say <laughs> definitely selling out theaters. Yeah. But, but it becomes more of a gray area if you're not selling tickets. You know what I mean? No. Like I, you have to have people come. Did you hear s- the premise of my thing? I said you're successful. Successful, right? Yes. Okay. You Suc- can have either. You can be successful at either one of those. Um, Which would you choose? Or you can even say that's the dumbest, pointless question. Most th- yeah, I would say selling, selling, out, selling theaters. People coming to see you. Yeah. That's the dream. Give up the give up the writing. Well, but but to me the writing is fun, so it's like a fun supplement. Yeah, that's why my question was dumb because it's like. You're but, never going to have to make this choice. You right. Could, you could always do both. I just thought it would be a real controversial question to ask. And I want, I'm trying to stir some shit up to get big sure. ratings. Sure. <clears throat> um, when do you think you're going to be done t- with these stories? I'm going to turn them in Tuesday, and then I'll find out if they're any good or if they're terrible. And if he likes them, I'll keep. keep That's exciting. Yeah. If he likes them, I'll keep, keep writing more. Well, either, I'll keep writing more either way. And they're all funny. Yes, they're aimed. They're meant to be. They they are funny. They're meant to be funny. Yeah, that's good. What uh, who's like a fun? Did, well, who's a funny author? I've read. I remember. Did you read Portnoy's Complaint? Oh, I love Portnoy's Complaint. That was a funny book, yeah, right? It's great. I remember that was a funny book. Roth. Yeah. The one that inspired me to get going on short stories recently was B.J. Novak's book that came out last year. Uh huh. Um, B.J. Novak's comedian that wrote some fictional stuff that. Made me laugh. Yeah. And kind of made me be like, I want to do that. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, hmm. Now, when, now your, your book, do you have a title? No, I don't. I don't, I don't have a title or a book or an idea. No, I <laughs> just have. I, I have titles I'm working with. I, I don't feel like I've thought of the title yet. Okay. But I do have <clears throat> a little folder, excuse me, where I have like titles in case someone pops in my head. Because I try not to be like cart before the horse. Sure. But, which is, I invented that phrase, by the way. That's but I don't want to be like, it's got, got to have the best title. But if one comes to my head, it's no reason not to write it down. Because eventually I'm going to need a title. Are you plugging in every day? No, I'm not. Putting in the work? But I, I, I'm trying to. Okay. I'm yeah. trying to. I got a new printer, if, as you can see over there. But once the new printer arrived, I realized I still had some ink in this awful other brand mm. printer. Yeah. So now I have two printers. This is not interesting. You got the one that jams a lot. I got one that jams a lot. Yeah, I'm not I mean I've called this brand out. I'm not gonna call them out on my podcast, but there's a brand of printer that it 
that is. Uh, it's nice of you to not call out. Yeah, them. I just feel like. It. But it, you don't want to destroy them. They. Uh, it's a terrible predator. <laughs> like paper jam, constantly. Uh, paper out when. Oh, that's weird. What is that? I'm looking at. I'm looking at a stack of paper in my printer. Paper out needs to be replaced. I can't put more paper in here. Yeah. So what I need. So if there's a printer company. No need to send me a free printer. I just got a new one. But uh, it's, it's it's nice to be able to press print, and it just happens nice and nice, and it's done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm making it's, the switch to a to a laser printer. Oh, and it's an all black and white one. It's not a. Uh, it's not this thing. The one I'm getting rid of mm -hmm. is one of those scanner, yeah, fax or scanner printer copying machines. It's like I never. And you don't need to scan anything anymore. You can scan anything on your phone I now. Scan, yeah, I got a little scan app. Tiny scan. Well, I, uh, this is no. I use a different one. Wow, that's pretty. That's quite a bomb that you dropped. That we're using competing scanner apps on our phones. <laughs> <laughs> How can we get along if you're using Tiny Scan and I'm using something else with Scan in it? Uh, this is the first certified lull in this conversation. Let's bring it home with a few more topics. Let's talk about deeperness. All right. Deeperness is your show at Union Hall. Now, you've asked me to do the show, and I always, I, when someone's got like, all right, here's what we're going to do. It's like, oh, well, now how about here's what we do, whatever I want to do. Sure, yeah. So these theme shows, they, they scare me, but yours didn't sound terrible. It's <laughs> a sweet thing I just said. Nick, Nick Vatterott. Some reason it came up that I was trying to get you on the show, and Nick Vatterott did a really good impression of you. He did? Do you, have you heard him do an impression no. of you? No. I can't do the impression of you, but it was something like he's just like, I was like, yeah, I really want to get Todd Berry to do my show. And Nick was like, oh, let me get this straight. It's a theme show. Let me think about it. No. Oh, really? <laughs> That's weird because I don't know him that well. I'm surprised he was able to uh, well, we're all fans. get a dead on exact thing that I would say and did say. What is the theme of your show? You have to talk about deep topics. The theme is it's called Deeperness and it's comics talking about the more meaningful things. Uh-huh. But you're also you're also allowed to just do the set you would normally want to do, which is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, who, one person's meaningful is another person's exactly. shallow. Exactly. So I tell comics, I try to get comics I like. I always get comics I yeah. like, and then the topic is, you know, talk about more meaningful things. Some people go straight up a whole new ten minutes on really deep stuff, and some people just sort of do their normal set. Uh huh. And then I sit them, and then I sit them down after. <laughs> On stage, talk some sense into and I do a deep talk where I basically ask three questions. That is deep, three questions. A short deep talk where I ask, starting off with something from their set and then sort of moving into a theme of the show. So like one show we did, Birds and the Bees. I asked uh -huh. what if they remember their Birds and the Bees talk. Yeah. So, or And then another show I asked about bad break, if they had a bad breakup, to talk about breakups. So they've all been big. The, the deep talks have been hits. The, the They've been fun. Well, here's the problem. Sure. Theme show and then personal questions. Theme show. That's a one-two. Theme show. That's a one-two punch of not going to do it. <laughs> Unless I can figure out a way to do it. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a theme show, and I have to answer personal questions that are going to make me uncomfortable. You just, and it's in Brooklyn. I just saw you think about both Birds and the Bee Talk and Breakup 
And you were like, no. Hey, don't you want to recall a breakup in front of 100 people? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) I mean, it's a comedy show. Don't you want to start crying? I hadn't hadn't considered that maybe you don't don't like personal questions. That's all right. Um, I'm a a closed book, man. Yeah. I'm I'm like a Brando type. Sure. I live on an island. I feel like I've said that about myself before. So if I said it on one of the other 100 million episodes of this podcast, apologies. So do you? Who's the biggest gun you've had on that show? Biggest gun. Um, let me think. Uh, there have been four shows. We've had some of my favorite: the the um, uh, Nick Vatterat, Mike Kaplan, Jared Logan, uh, Sashir Zamata from SNL. Yeah, uh, those types. Mostly my peers that are my age. And <laughs> a little jab you just took at me. <laughs> what I mean is, I haven't got any like. It's Todd Berry yeah, celebs. Yeah, but Rickles hasn't done it. Yet. <laughs> I don't have any celebs. You get Rickles. Uh, oh, Christian Finnegan just did it. Yeah. Um, you get good sized crowd. Yeah, it's been packed. Union Hall's been packed out. It's one. It's probably my favorite venue. That is a really good venue. Yeah. That and the Bell House, which I think are they're owned yes. by the same people, are both really exactly. Good they're things. doing it right. They're doing it right. Oh wait, you just said that. The uh, <laughs> well, maybe I'll do it. How long is it? You don't record the thing, do you? We have not recorded it. There you go. Yeah. All right, that's in the plus column. Because that would have been like, I'm surprised when there's two strikes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It sounds like, you know I'm not being mean. You know I'm fucking around. Oh, no, I know. I'm expressing how I really feel but not actually being mean about it. So that's how you know I'm not being mean because I said, hey, I'm not being mean. So, but I mean, to be honest, if I just said, hey, I have just a basic stand-up show at Union Hall, Will you come do that? Would you be any more likely to do that? Sometimes. I mean, it's not too far from my uh, my my apartment. Yeah. I was trying to think of a better word for apartment, something fancier, but I just said, oh, let's go with apartment. But initially, initially, I wrote it as a TV pitch, and I was like, I should, you know, just comment about more meaningful stuff, and then like a little little deep talk one on ones. And uh, I was like, I should just see if this show works live. Yeah. So no, that's definitely smart. So it's going well. Yeah. So you might pitch it as a yeah. That is a good idea. Yeah, that is a good idea. Thank you. I'll do it when it's on TV. You'll do the TV version when it pays like nine hundred and four dollars <laughs> and sixteen cents instead of thirty four dollars. Is that what you get? Thirty four. You get a cut of the door. Really, you do a door deal. Percentage of the door. I'll go four. I'll four wall that. I'll that's, give you that's showbiz talk for for the Todd Berry show. We'll give you a bigger chunk of the cut. Can I? <laughs> that'd be funny. You give everyone like a dollar. You're like, yeah, Todd. Todd wouldn't do it. You don't understand the way it works. He wouldn't do it. He goes. He got. Uh, 90, he had to get ninety eight percent of the money. It's he wouldn't do it. I was. Uh, yeah, what am I supposed to do? Not have Todd Berry on my show? Everybody goes home with one dollar, and you get the other eighty seven dollars. What else do you have to plug, man? Um, I I have two things. I have a CD out on iTunes. Oh, what's your CD? It's called Smiling at Wolves. Smiling at Wolves? Smiling at Wolves. I'm happy with the CD. You do have good animal stuff. Thank like, you. I remember listening, hearing your, uh, you do something about monkeys that's really funny. Don't you? I th- you told me you like my snake joke. Snake, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Monkeys. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. I forgot a monkey your monkeys, your snake joke. I have a snake joke, a crow joke, bear jokes. A lot of, are a lot you of a science guy? And I and I am I like reading science stuff, and I just started up a, a unit p- podcast called Universe City, we we literally read a study and discuss it. Kind of like we try to do free, we try to make it like Freakonomics but funny. When did you start doing this? About six months ago. Really? You yeah. you didn't mention you had a podcast. Every Tuesday, Universe City. Yeah, I'm happy with it. 
it's two two other comedians who have science backgrounds and so they're the smart guys and then i just try i just i just i'm just a curiosity oh, so you have co-hosts yeah who are they john ozalay and raj sivaraman do i know these guys I, they're just comedians on the scene. I don't know if you'd know them. So they're science guys. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? They they're both have P- they both oh, have PhDs. Seriously? And then <clears throat> as soon as they got their science degree, they went into comedy. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Because it, it's not easy to get a PhD. No. Believe me, I have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> just getting one was a nightmare. But that's awesome. Oh, that's a good show. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with so it. So w- when do you read the study? Bless you. <laughs> Um, so we'll read, we'll do two episodes in a day. So we'll just go in and record like two episodes on a Wednesday, half hour episodes. And I'll read two studies the night before. Oh, so the guest doesn't have to read the study? No, there's no guest. Oh, there's no guest. It's just the same three guys talking. Yeah. New study. Ah. Yeah. It keeps it simple. That's cool. Yeah. You just got to worry about those two guys showing up. Just got to worry about them. And we just started trying, we're trying to bonus where we do a movie review where we review the science in movies. Uh-huh. So we did uh we're trying to we did Jurassic World and looked at the if the science was right in that type stuff. Oh, you do a little goofs, you find goofs. We find like, the yeah, goofs. Yeah, that thing wasn't a nice try there. Exactly. Spielberg or whoever made Jurassic Park. <laughs> was Spielberg, right? I I don't know. <laughs> you say I assume it sounds like something he would do. And your uh your Twitter is uh at Joe Zimmerman. Really? You got Joe Zimmerman? I got the, yeah, I did. I was an early adopter. When did you join? Oh, it must have been seven, eight years ago. Oh, that's good. Early, You're in, locked early, in. Early, yeah. Then they'll verify that eventually. I got in on early on Twitter, uh, early on Instagram. Yeah, I But I, I missed I, Facebook and I missed Gmail. Really? Yeah. So you didn't just give out your email address right there. That's good. Yep. There's another guy that forwards. There's a nice Joe Zimmerman that forwards me emails. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. I have an issue with that with uh, Todd Barry, who's a photographer, and I'm the nice guy in that. You're the nice guy in that? I go, yeah, I don't think you wanted to write to me, but you are a beautiful model. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, And then your website? Is ZimmermanComedy.com. Ouch, that's rough. Now... Joe Zimmerman was taken. Yeah, you're I right. Know. Zimmerman Joe's, Comedy's fine. Joe Zimmerman.com was taken. Because they just Google you. Man, I, I shouldn't be drinking iced coffee when I do this because it's getting inflammy in my throat. Ah, uh, the milk. <clears throat> Sorry about that. It doesn't bother I'm me. I'm stepping away. I'm apologizing to the listeners at home. Oh, right. Who will be up in arms about this because it's a free podcast. Sure. Well, thanks for being here, Joe. Thanks for having me. And your, what's your album called again? Smiling at Wolves. Smiling Wolves on iTunes? Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you. And thank you at home, and I'll see you soon. Feral Audio. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.